You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Benson. What we wanted to do this morning was kind of do a a roundtable discussion where um, specifically I want to start off with us talking about um, our ability to feed ourselves by studying the word individually. Um, Because I wrote down in my notes last week that one way to speed up the discipleship process is to help others feed themselves from the word. If we aren't careful, we become the type of people who only learn if we are listening to someone teach us. Instead, we need to become the type of people who can learn on our own as well as we study the word regularly. And so we really speed up the process of discipleship if you, know, if you have the opportunity to lead someone to Christ. And so they're a baby Christian. They don't know anything about the word. If they have to rely on you to teach them everything, then it becomes a, a long process. But the quicker that you can teach them how to study the word on their own, well, then they begin to learn about Christ and the gospel not just when they're with you, but on their own as well throughout the week. Um, so I think it's an important, an important step for us to take to figure out how do we teach somebody else to, to study the word on their own. And it may be that we need to learn that as well before we can teach someone else. What I wanted to start off with this morning was a statement. I want to give you a statement, and then I want us to talk about whether or not we think that statement is true or false. Because I think how we answer this statement is going to determine, it's going to have implications for our own life, and it's going to have implications for the people that we try to disciple as well, what we're going to expect out of them. So here's the statement. I'm going to let you think about it, and then we'll just kind of start a time of discussion about it. So true or false, a Christian should be in the word daily, therefore to not be in the word daily is wrong. Okay? A Christian should be in the word daily, therefore to not be in the word daily is wrong. Think about that for a minute and then we're going to talk about whether we think that's true or whether we think that's false. And when you feel like you have an opinion, then you can feel free to throw it out there. Can it be both? Explain. <clears throat> when you say that not being in the word daily is wrong, do you mean by that disobedient or just ill advised? Well, you can define it for us and how you want to answer it. Okay. Well, the part where I feel like, yes, preaching should be in the word daily. And I was thinking back in the first. You know, in Acts, when they didn't have the New Testament, a lot of them did not have the Old Testament. A lot of them, especially the Gentile believers, didn't have access to any scripture whatsoever. The scripture lived in the synagogue, and the have. How did they get the word? And they couldn't go to their home, their local bookstore, and pick up a scroll. So, was it wrong for them? To not be in the word if they didn't have the actual written word. We do see that they met daily in Acts, but as the church dispersed, did they 
opportunity daily in other areas. So is it wrong in the sense of is it against what Jesus teaches and is it against? Is it a sin in that sense of wrongness? I don't think it's wrong like that. I think it's illegal. Okay. But it is true that we should be incorporating the word daily into our lives. Otherwise, how do you you get the mind of Christ without incorporating the word into you? And sometimes we're even once in the morning that there's Right. You go through your day and you get into the day. Where did that go? You're like that guy in James who looks in the mirror and the second he turns away, here's what he looks like. I did that all the time. I have made a touchdown of that and a conscious penalty to Right. Yeah, I think you have to consider that what we have, the instruction that we're given in Scripture was given to us in a context of people who didn't have personal Bibles in multiple translations with commentaries and with Christian literature to supplement their Bible study as well. So we have to be careful that we don't automatically think that the the disciples were teaching people in the New Testament to sit down and have a three-hour Bible study that so oftentimes we think we're supposed to have if we're a good Christian. So I think you have to wrestle through the issues of what did they do back then um, and how does that translate for us today? Other thoughts on that statement or even what Anna brought up as well? point the concept of guilt raise your hand if you've ever felt guilty about the amount of time that you spend in the word or like there yeah but where does that guilt come from i mean we feel guilty because we don't we feel anytime we feel guilt it's a reaction or a response to something that we think we're supposed to be doing right And if we don't do it, then we feel guilty, whether it's reading the Bible or anything. Guilt is a response or a reaction to not doing something that we think we're supposed to do. So where does it come from that we have this expectation of what we're supposed to do that we're not meeting? Does it come from Scripture or does it come from 
some type of standard that's been set outside of Scripture. I think I definitely would be more from just how in our youth group when growing up, it was just that we kind of talked about in our group a little bit last week, how just this kind of predetermined amount of time or whatever, just what the expectation of Bible study is, that there's a lot of ways to study Scripture. There's a lot of ways to be before the Lord, you know, without being okay, I've got some interpretation application. You know, I'm writing it all down in this way. I might do that today, but I might do it another way tomorrow and spend time with the Lord. That has nothing to do with that, you know, and I just think that for so long it was just push, push, push. This is what you, you know, this is your quiet time, you spend 30 minutes, and you open it up and you read the scripture, and not, not that that's not a good thing. But then I, I would feel if I had not done it to this degree, and then you, you grow up and you say, oh my gosh, I'm just going to do it. Then that guilt comes in, but I didn't exactly do exactly what, you know, what I thought was the right thing to do. Yeah, I think definitely in church we pushed a an expectation of this is what quiet time's supposed to look like, and if yours doesn't, then you're not doing it enough or not doing it right. And it took me a while to older and wiser. <laughs> 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 that um that God has created. I mean, obviously, look at creation; He has created far more creative ways than just sitting. think of a time expectation that they know they have in their mind that this is the amount of time that I should spend in the Word every day? Whether you agree with it or not, but this is something that like you come back to like, if I'm not spending 30 minutes or... Good for them. My thing is, is 
quantity is is quality over quantity. Okay. I mean, you know, it's it, if I can sit down and spend ten minutes, and that I mean that 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 ten or fifteen minutes that I sit down may that may be something that I, that I need to focus on for the next couple of days. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I'm not saying. And that's just, and you know that when you read, it's like, okay, read this, wow, I really need to really watch myself over the next day however long. So you may not, you may not read every day, but what I read two days ago, I'm still mulling over that. Think about, I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that can read something that's like, that's not me. Um, so... I mean, a lot of times when you read something, it takes me a couple of days just really sitting down thinking about it. And I think that that is also a way, I mean, even though I'm not physically, you know, I may stay in and read over that same scripture two or three days in a row. That's okay. Um, so would you say that you don't necessarily read every day? No, I don't necessarily read every day. And do you feel like you've moved beyond not feeling guilty about that? Pretty much so, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you mentioned an hour being something that's kind of been ingrained in your mind. Anybody else got a, a different number that's kind of? I don't think I don't think I have a number, but try to gauge how much time you spend a day on other stuff and make sure your time in the Word is comparable? Um, I mean, I hear you saying that you feel that way, but do you actively strive towards that? Or do you just feel guilty about it the next day? Or are you like, man, I spent a lot of time on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> You have to admit that you're going to spend the majority of your day doing things that don't involve you opening the Bible and studying. I mean, unless unless you're the type that can really sacrifice sleep and operate off of four hours. I mean, the fact is, is that especially as as everyone continues to get older and begins being responsible for families. I mean, men in this room. I mean, we're working eight, nine, ten hour days. I mean, that's almost half of half of our allotted twenty four. You figure we're going to have to sleep for six to eight, Lord willing, 
So now you're over, you know, you're over the halfway mark and you've only got maybe six or seven left. You're talking about meals. Um, you're talking about for, for guys like me and Chris having to prepare even for the next day of work. So it doesn't leave a lot of free time to be in the word. And so I think, um, it can be, it can be difficult to, to figure out exactly how much time and compare, if you try to compare it to other things that you're doing. I understand that mindset of, well, if you're going to be on Facebook for two hours a day, then you should have been in the Word for two hours. No, no, no. But I think I think that that is a that is a. I mean, I've I've had that mindset before, and I'm not saying that it's a wrong mindset, but I think it has to be balanced with the fact that, you know, I'm going to spend my time doing. I'm going to spend more hours during the day not in the Word than I probably can be. I think I had a, a, a slow process of growing up. In church, I thought I was supposed to read scripture every day for, I don't know what my certain amount of time was, but then when I got into college, I thought, you know, this is just really silly. I'm not studying what I want to study. And and then it got to where I wasn't studying that much, and, you know, I started feeling guilty again, and so I had to find a balance between when am I going to study and when am I not going to study. And, and right now, I, I, I do my best, just to be honest with you, I do my best to try and study and pray a little bit each morning. You know, and that's all dependent on what time Jack wakes up, you know, what's going on in Maggie's life at that moment. And she's super patient with me. She watches cartoons while I try to have a little Bible study time. On the weekend, I don't make an effort at all. I mean, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to watch cartoons with Maggie in the morning or something like that. And and I've finally moved to where I don't feel guilty about it. And I think that's the difference in my life of understanding the legality of it and the relationship of it. I don't measure my relationship with Adam based on how much cuddle time did we have that day. Probably none. (laughs) But he is still the most important person in my life, second to God. But I don't measure my relationship to him on how much cuddle time I had that day. I I had a relationship with him, and I can't write down on paper. You know, there's been different times in my life since I went to Christian school where they wanted you to Write down how much time did you spend in the Word today? How much time were you on Facebook today? How much time did you do this? Now what's most important to you? Well, how much time did I spend talking to Adam today? Well, he was at work for eight hours. And then when he got home, you know, we had dinner and we had baths. And then finally there was a little bit of time where maybe we talked to each other and maybe he had things he had to catch up on. But I don't measure my relationship with him based on how much cuddle time did we have that day. So I've personally learn to, I don't measure my relationship with Christ on how much time that I spend being today. I will get to it, and it will change my life when I'm able to spend time reading scripture and spend time praying, but just like Trish said, it's become even more an everyday part of my life because of my kids. It's my responsibility to disciple them. I'm learning to picture it in that way. Instead of raising my kids, I'm discipling my kids for as long as God gives them to me. I'm discipling them. And then it almost comes out, you don't want it to get to the point where it's like, oh, I've checked it off, I'm ready to Uh-huh. But what does it mean if you can't? You didn't check off that you cuddled with Jason today. Jason, I'm ready check. to Did that. <laughs> now I can move on to something else. We held hands today. Check. I did see my Kissed me on the cheek. Check. Yeah. It's a relationship, and it's not measured based on those small things. Any thoughts? I 
incident there, but I had to run the angel on the Sunday, and I had someone tell me that that was, it was, it was biblically wrong for me to go to the grocery store because if I didn't have to go to the grocery store that day, then that person didn't have to work, and it's taken away from their, you know, day from God, and just really, it's just craziness, but, um, and then you have to, and in that aspect, it's important to hear what the Bible has to say about this. Is it more important for me to worry about what Judge Moses is saying in the Bible or what I know to be in the Bible? Mm-hmm. So, as far as a young Christian, like, it's very important. And not that it's not important for a well seasoned person as myself. <laughs> That's a nice <laughs> thing. But, um, I think it's important that, especially, we, I just think Christians have a bad rap of being up in your faith, in your business. If you really are a true Christian, here's your criteria. And this is what it goes by. You've got to have X amount of time to work, and how much time you serve, and how much time you're doing this. And I think that's the I mean, you need to your church. Um, that kind of thing is supposed to Christ saying to me, church, what are you doing for me today? Let's look at what I'm putting in front of you to do today and how you accomplish it. Well, and you're talking about imposing expectations on someone else. Um, and I think that hinders us even when we get to the point where we're doing small groups. You know, there's going to be easily a temptation for someone to, to maybe share in small group and say, hey, I've been, you know, reading and studying and almost portrays this idea of, man, that person has a ton of time during the week to be in the Word. My response to everything they're saying right now is to feel guilty because I didn't have that same experience this week. And so now I'm going to leave small group tonight and almost beat myself up because I didn't spend as much time in the Word as, as so-and-so did. Even when we get into groups of, of Accountability and encouragement that we can almost, hey, Topi, did you, did you spend, have you been spending time in the Word this week? I mean, have you been reading the Word daily this week? Uh, and imposing an expectation that maybe shouldn't be there in the way that we're imposing it. And I'm going to share either before we break or after we break my perspective on, on this and, and try to convey some things that God's been teaching me. But I think this has implications for even us as a church as we try to grow together that we don't, in a sense, leave people behind because they grow discouraged and guilty because it doesn't seem like they can keep up with a standard that somebody in their small group is setting. I think we have to be careful about that. Also, I think there's different seasons in our life that allow for different amounts of time in the Word. I know that um, on a, if you follow our... <laughs> if you follow... Um, the blogs that we do on, on our blog page, there's a whole list of the recommended blogs. There's one that um, a girl named Amy Davis does, who's the wife of one of she's the wife of one of the guys that we're supporting at Snowbird. So I would encourage you to check out her blog if you haven't. It's called um, Mavis Davis. She's doing a series right now. I forget if it's 30, 31 days on singleness, and she's been conveying. You guys been reading it? Oh, yeah. I read Amy Davis. Um, she's been doing thoughts for single people 31 days in a row. She's just been conveying different ideas for what a single person can do in this time of singleness. And one of the things that she mentioned a couple of days ago was that 
as a single person, take advantage of the opportunity that you have right now to be in the Word a lot more than you're going to be when you do get married and when you do have kids. And she was instructing single people in general. She's saying, pour yourself into the Word right now. Fill your head with, with theology and doctrine. Get to know Christ. Get to know the Gospel. Because you're not going to have this kind of time later on in life. And she's got... Three kids, three kids now. She's got a husband who's on the go constantly with the snowbird schedule. It's funny. I mean, the snowbird guys that we're supporting, are they run a crazy schedule. I mean, Rob texted me the other night. It was 1130 at night. He said, I'm at Snowbird running the three-man swing for a group of sixth-grade girls. And he was like, living the life. You know, I mean, here's a man who's, who's got two kids at home, a wife at home that are in bed. He's at camp at 11.30 at night running a swing for sixth grade girls. So their schedule's crazy at at Snowbird. And and they have to to be intentional about being in the Word in general. But Amy was really encouraging singleness right now that you really spend time in the Word because you're not going to have that advantage down the road. And so I think that there is a... um, a fair perspective that different seasons. So Trish may be conveying uh, a mindset of, hey, it's really tough for me to spend a lot of time in the Word daily. Whereas, you know, Jordan may be sitting there going, I've got all the time in the world right now to maybe be in the Word, or at least a lot more than someone who's got the type of, the amount of kids that Trish has. <laughs> well, in addition to, I mean, you, you homeschool, so you're, you're not, you're different in the sense that you don't send your kids off for six, eight hours a day to go to school where you're just at home and could, you know, could have that type of um, availability in your schedule. So, I mean, I, it is a unique situation. There, it would, there's no way that we could expect you to measure up to the same expectation that we would expect a 18-year-old girl who's living at home who doesn't have to work a job. I mean, there, I think there would be a different mindset about what it means to be in the Word daily. I switch back over because I don't want the person who's sitting here who says, I mean, I do spend two hours a day in the Word, to, to then think that you shouldn't be or that you have an unhealthy expectation that, hey, you need to back it down a little bit, buddy. Like, it's way too much time to be in the Word. I don't think that's, 
I don't want anybody to hear that this morning either. And if there's somebody that wants to kind of share from that perspective, because we've heard mainly from people who have busy schedules and how being in the Word is kind of being adapted in their life, but maybe hearing from people who maybe have a little bit more time on their hands and what their perspective is might be beneficial for us to hear from as well, if anybody wants to share.
Are we? Are you? <laughs> I think both are good. To, to sit and read scripture casually, that's great. Right. Who doesn't like to read a good book? It's a good book. Good book. Sit and read it casually, but then sit and know it. I don't. I didn't sit and study the help. I read it casually, but I need to sit and study the word. But I also can read it casually. Um, How does it look different for you? Well, like as far as me, or even questions that maybe this brings up for you? So it no longer becomes a, well, you need to 
you know, it becomes a we right. need to do this now. Because it's, I'm, it's my job, it's our job as a church to disciple the person. So, um, yes, you know, as you bring, as you bring, as we bring new people in, then that's going to necessitate us being in the Word more. Right. Because they're going to have questions and you know, contrary to my belief, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it's just we don't know at all, and, and there are going to be questions that come up, and I'm like, ah, okay, let's find out. Yeah. But yeah, I think we make a mistake because we started off saying that it may be unhealthy to have expectations. A ten minute a day expectation is still just as unhealthy as an hour expectation. So. We don't leave this discussion saying, okay, I've had this hour expectation, but now I've heard everybody say that some of them only spend 10 minutes, so I'm going to back it down to, to 10 minutes. Because we're still dealing with an expectation of I have to be in the Word daily to measure up to some standard, and if I don't, then I'm going to feel guilty about it. And so I think we have to be careful that we don't just change the expectation as well. Because um, I don't think we've, we've accomplished anything. All we've done is lowered a standard, you know, and um, maybe not expecting maybe even enough out of somebody by backing it down to 10 minutes, and I think that becomes a problem, too. I'll say that instead of setting a standard or a goal for how much to read, um, instead of should be setting a standard to how to maybe get out of the reading. Um, so, like, an example would be, like, the ultimate goal of our reading would be to know God. Um, this is the main way that we learn about Him. Um, but then um, another goal would be this kind of thing. Um, Um, the ultimate goal is to know God. Um, so, like, we shouldn't get caught up necessarily in um, the amount of time. It's more, uh, um, it's more like about what you want to get out of your time in the Word. And so, like, if our ultimate goal is to know God, then we can have another goal. Um, one of the things talked about in the Bible, like what it does is for the renewal of your mind. Um, and so, like, if one of our goals is to renew our mind. We wouldn't necessarily have to be in the Word every day as long as we feel like our mind is removed and continually maybe thinking on the truths of Scripture. The problem is when we go long periods of time without the Word, then the world is able to influence us more and continually kind of degrades it down to where we're not thinking on the Word, we're thinking more on ourselves, what we've gone through and influenced by. So then we need to go back to the Word and renew it again. So I would say it's not wrong to go a day without reading as long as you read. It might be necessary to read the Bible two or three times a day. Okay. That's good. Any other thoughts before we break? Um, question that keeps kind of going through my mind is what is it? Open up into Acts and read, or 
work for us if we take 10 minutes out of the day Right. Yeah, that was the second question we were going to discuss is uh, how do we define what it means to be in the word? Because uh, I mean, it's a great question. Uh, I'm going to share with you in the second part how I would define that. Um, what that I think needs to look like for us as a church based on what scripture would have to say. So we'll, we'll talk about that in the second part. All right. Um, I'll kind of close this out in prayer, and then um, we'll take about a 10-minute break. We'll clear the tables out. We'll put the chairs back out. We've got, like, kids and stuff coming back in just to give us a little bit more room. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you provide opportunities like this where we can share what the Holy Spirit's doing in our life and how the Holy Spirit is changing us and transforming us into the image of your Son. God, I pray that this would be a time of encouragement as we continue to think about these things. And as we enter into a time now where we can look into your word and continue evaluating our lives and what you desire for us. God, I pray that you would continue to challenge us and encourage us, convict us where we need it. Um, God, make us a, a church that is faithful to share the gospel and to make disciples the way that you've called us to. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.